Hi, this is Michael Monroe, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives. Keep on rocking. And today we're talking with Michael Monroe for his latest CD, I Live Too Fast to Die Young, due out June 10th. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to speak with you again. We've spoken many times over the years, so it's nice to talk about this latest release. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. So what I love about this CD, as well as all your CDs, is it's in-your-face rock and roll with punk attitudes, 70s rock and roll, really. Tell us a little bit about how this came together musically during the pandemic, and how did it all work out? Well, we had a couple of years we couldn't even see each other with the band because everybody lives around the world. Uh, Rich Jones lives in Toronto. Steve Ponte lives in New York. And uh, Carl Rock is the drummer lives in Spain now. So uh, we had a we just uh, kept on writing songs and stuff and uh, sending them to each other. Actually, a couple of the songs were written before the pandemic. Everybody's Nobody, I wrote that with Rich uh, the summer before before the pandemic started. We recorded that demo of that already then at my house in this very room we're in that we're in I'm in now and uh all fighter was also done around the same time and then we just uh kept sending songs to each other like no guilt uh, I had a that course uh, I recorded on my cell phone uh, and sent it as a text message to Rich and then he worked on a verse for it and sent that as a demo uh, the music of it and then I did a vocal and it sent it back to him and that's you know how this stuff came together so uh, in the end of it all, last summer, we had 34 songs wow. to, to choose from, and, uh, which is a good problem to have. Yes, uh, yes. For us. So I, uh, we, we went, we got together in the beginning of August for about a week to uh, record some of the songs and we recorded about 20. And uh, I started narrowing them down and uh, seeing what would be the good, best entirety. And you always try to go for the... 10, 11, 12, 13 at the most for an album, uh, so it doesn't get too long. Uh, and uh, by the time we got to the studio in the beginning of November in, in Helsinki, uh, we had about 15. Uh, there's, mind you, there was a couple of songs left over from the last album that I thought, one of them I thought for sure was going to make this album. But then after we were done recording, I realized that it didn't fit this record anymore. And these 11 songs were they're they're a perfect entirety as it came together and i the track listing and i put it together i thought well actually there's no space for that old song anymore that uh, which was good because yeah. then we ended up with 11 songs the kind of record you want to listen to over when it's over you want to hear it again you know? exactly exactly you know I, th- I thought it had a really organic feel to it also it seemed like you guys i was li- i was in the room listening to you guys play and that's what i loved about it was it recorded with you guys all together in the same room yes no. yes it was yeah, that. we did exactly like that. Yes, and um, we actually we, we went. Uh, I decided to try a new studio, a new engineer, new surroundings, and uh, uh, kind of refresh the band's sound. And uh, I think we managed to renew the sound of the band in the best possible way. Yeah, production-wise, arrangement-wise, song-wise, and playing-wise, we we did a couple of days of pre-production. We went over the parts and stuff, and really thought about like what's. If it's uh, from the drum fields to solos, like whatever's not necessary, just leave it out and uh, keep it simple. And 
then the, the, the guy, the engineer uh, that we worked with, uh, he was he had a good vision and he was uh, more more like a producer uh, with, with us, all of us. So in the end, uh, the, as the credit says, the band, the song, the album was produced by the, the, the Erno Lighting and the engineer and uh, us, the band, all together, uh, like a group effort. Uh, and his his approach is really good recording and stuff too. We kept everything organic and, and natural, no samples and nothing. And uh, uh, there's a lot more depth and and uh, more space and air to the sound and more pleasant to listen to. So it was I'm really happy the way it turned out. It it, it was a conscious risk that I took uh, going to a new place, and it paid off. Paid off because uh, I agree. I, I think you still kept the edginess, and I think you still kept the rawness and the, and the attack on the guitars, and that's something I always look for. So you did a great yeah. job with that. Thank you. Um, Same here. Yeah. One of my favorite songs, "The Murder of Summer of Love." Um, tell me about the inspiration for that song. Originally, I was thinking it was maybe had something to do with New York City with that, the killer. Uh, but I was wondering that I don't think it's the case because you talk about L.A. in it. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's obviously. It's yeah, well, there's obviously there's references to Altamont in that song, and uh, but it's it's more broad than that. It, it's about it's basically be, it's about being in the present moment, appreciating the good things that are happening now, because as people we tend to tear things down in the name of progress, only to look back at them nostalgically, wishing that we had those people and places and uh, moments again. Mm -hmm. So what the song is saying is like, get off your ass and live life to the fullest. Live in the present moment. Uh, this moment determines the past, future, and the present. So uh, that's what the message of the song is really is. And you want a revolution? Get up off your ass and do it here and now. Uh, <laughs> the references uh, to Altamont. I mean, the, the hippie era, the end of the uh, that might have been. Uh, I mean, with the Demolition Twenty Three song, uh, "Nothing's All Right." That's born in the age of Altamont. You know, that's uh, that was the reality of this. The end, end of the sixties. Uh, that. The, the lyrics have, uh, you know, references also that stupid had a gun, but they blame the 81 and blame the Hells Angels for, you know, the, the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the kids these days may not even know that most kids probably don't even know what Altamont was and stuff. But uh, uh, also the stupid had a gun. Uh, refer, it's a line in um, Smoke in the Water, Deep Purple, some stupid with a flare gun. Right. Place. So stupid had a gun. Uh, that's where that line is there and little things like that. But I think uh, you know, as as an as an idealism, the the hippie era was this, that was probably the closest. That revolution was probably the closest that we will ever come to people having the power because it was in the name of love and peace. So the government could not crush the revolution with violence because they was they just have a flower, love. You know. <laughs> were were so, you a hippie uh, back in the day? No, I was too young to be. But uh, I like the uh, idea. Although, of course, there's so many people that just use it as an excuse to get high and, have, yeah. you know, free sex and, uh, and, and be, uh, uh, indulge themselves. In, uh, and that's why, of course, that didn't help the revolution. And apart from the fact that the government probably just came up with a plan to, they probably put out some bad acid. So the hippies they started having bad trips and they was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 it's too much. And then they became yuppies and said, OK, we were just high back then. And I was like, yeah, right. So they managed to ruin to to this to stop that uh, in the end anyway, which is uh, yeah. typical. But yeah, that's uh, it's about being in the present moment and uh, live life to the fullest in the here and now. You're you're an amazing storyteller from all of your CDs. Um, I was wondering, do they come from? Um, where do they come from typically? Are they autobiographical? All of them? I, I associate them that you experienced a lot of this stuff, but I'm not sure if that's the case. No, it's just like, but also uh, 
everybody in the band is encouraged to write. So Rich Jones writes and, and Steve Conte. Well, Steve didn't have more than there's one song that was written by Steve on this album, Pagan Prayer. Uh, which you don't, but uh, even these guys, even when they write lyrics, they well, they like well, we all write different kinds of songs, but uh, some, a lot of the lyrics they know me so well, so uh, they get inside my head, and uh, and so I can totally relate yeah. to. Uh, I choose the songs that I songs that I can totally relate to, and and what I, what's refreshing to me, I have experienced. Well, it's like everybody's nobody. That came from a. Uh, email exchange with me and me and Rich and the band. We were we were supposed to play a show with this band uh, that was like happening kind of in the eighties. Uh, I won't mention names, but they were a bit influenced by Hanoi and in London. And they were kind of back in the day. There was a scene where at some point people at, at one point in in London there was like a lot of smack around, and I hated it. Everyone was like all smacked out and and hanger all the London leaguers and hangers on with, you know, at this particular band's gigs were like, you know, everybody would be there, like all the, all the leaguers, London leaguers, hangers on and all the Smackdown and stuff. And I thought that scene was kind of obnoxious. Now, the, this was some years ago, we were supposed to do a gig with this band. And I says, uh, Rich, do they really pull a crowd? I mean, is it worth doing a show, double headline with them? And Rich said, oh yeah, for sure. I said, okay. In that case, I, re I answered, uh, said, in that case, all the London leaguers, all the hangers on, everybody who's ever been nobody is going to be there that night. <laughs> everybody, everybody. So I said, Ex except maybe without the skag. You know, so, <laughs> so, so then, uh, then Rich said, oh, wow, sounds like a song in there. You know, I said, yeah, you're right. Yeah, everyone who's ever been nobody is that. Yeah, let's write a song like that. So we wrote that song. And uh, yeah, some, some bands that are stuck in a certain time period, they're, they're like, cult heroes and a lot of people think that yeah and then, they, and then they say that oh we never really wanted to be big because they they missed their lucky shot so yeah. they, they're kind of saying like yeah we're too cool to be big and uh uh and too too they uh, you're overqualified like it says uh what did i write uh your overqualified superior status has left you here to ride too cool <laughs> to be famous because uh, you missed your lucky shot and, and times keep moving on but you ain't going nowhere anywhere and it's uh I, I did the vocal actually when i did the vocal in the studio I, it was kind of uh sarcastic at first i had like a snide kind of approach but then i decided I realized it was kind of sad. It's kind of sad too, the story. So I, I took a different approach and uh, sang it differently. Uh, more more like, a, you know, acknowledging the facts and, and so, but that, that's going to be the next single actually, the video, we oh. made a video for that one. Yeah, it's coming that's up. That's excellent. Well, um, how do you describe yourself as a, a lyricist? How would you describe it? Well, I like to tell the truth, uh, uh, raise questions and, and write something relevant that people can relate to and, uh, uh, something fun and, and uh, something that I can definitely stand behind. And uh, I had to have something to say in order to get behind the lyrics and uh, uh, singing with conviction. So uh, I can't sing just any any superficial, you know, uh, la di da, uh, pretentious crap. Uh, their lyrics are really important. They're like as, as important as the music to me. Yeah. You know, they're, your, they're tools for positive action. And you can make points and raise questions without being too political. You can raise questions and make points about life in general and uh, some thoughts that maybe, you know, some people have, uh, haven't thought of before and uh, could be constructive in many people's lives. And, and I don't want to be too specific in a lot of all the lyrics, a lot of lyrics, some songs uh, I've had fans come up to me and say like, oh man, that's, that song changed my life because it says this and this and this. And I'd be like, Okay, really? All right, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. That's because they can, 
Because <laughs> uh, if it, you know, nobody can not not everybody can have exactly the same experience that you have. So I, it's good to always leave room for interpretation, and you'd be surprised how people take you know some lyrics in, in a completely uh, unexpected way. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. As yeah. long as people get something out of the songs, it's great. Yeah. No, that's important, and I, I get it. Um, was there any song off this CD? You talked about some of the inspiration for the song. Um, was there any song that came to you maybe as a gift from above, you know, where the words just kind of flowed through you? Uh, not, sometimes that happens, and it's great yeah. when that happens. But also a lot of these, and Rich Jones has written uh, part of these songs too. So he's a great songwriter. He's He's got uh, really a... A gift for uh, you know he, he's written tons of songs for well it's like it depends on uh, depends on the song really it, it's um, once you get a title it's easier to uh, it's like pretty much if you have a title and a concept that's easy then then it's like half you're halfway there but uh, uh, sometimes it comes to you like like a stream of consciousness and sometimes uh, you have to work at it so uh, yeah. it, it depends on the song and the situation but uh this, yeah and this one um uh these guys whenever well dearly departed is an old song uh, the last song of the album was actually i wrote lyrics for after my late wife passed away uh, 2001 and, and it was it was kind of very personal and uh, sad and too personal to record until now uh and it was it, it was more like um it had an the arrangement was more with the band and uh, uh drums and everything and i made a demo of it way back then and uh, I, I i sent the demo to rich even uh, at one point last summer and uh, he made a version of it too and but then i didn't i thought it was missing something and i i got rid of a bridge they had a bridge that was really made it even more rock uh, so I got rid of the bridge and I did an acoustic version of it with just the verse and the chorus and I sent it to the guys and then Sammy had an idea of the arrangement having no drums and just having it with as it is on the record with like just with that eerie haunting kind of uh, atmosphere and he sent me the the music that way and I was like wow this is this is the right approach and uh, I did a vocal on it and I said yeah this is going to be it this is going to be the last song of the album for sure and some of Sammy's demo, he plays some of the guitar on it too. Uh, some of Sammy's demo is on actually on the record, uh, on that in that version, and uh, it's definitely heartfelt. And uh, this this well, this song is really, I mean, it was about my. I wrote it after my late late wife passed away way back, you know, in two thousand and one. But you know, the lyrics are about losing someone, about losing someone near and dear, and uh, having to readjust your life to that situation, which unfortunately most of us most of us go through sooner or that sooner or later in life. So uh, I, I'm I'm glad it, it finally finally made it to to a record, and it was a, a perfect ending for the record. It was. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah, and also the first song is called Murder, the Summer of Love. The second to last song is I Live Too Fast to Die Young, and Dearly Departed is the last song. So it's like this death theme that. that uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a positive way, yeah. not you know. I mean, it's a murder. Yeah. The song of love is about killing on idealism and uh, uh, live too fast to die young is positive statement. You know, reinventing yeah. the old cliche: live fast, dying is boring, and uh, nobody wants to die young. It's nothing cool about death, uh, but live too fast <laughs> to die young is reinventing that in a positive way. So, but that was just a sign to me that it that this are, this is the perfect amount of songs is it beginning and the end and and everything fell into place yeah uh, another one i love too to that sentiment was uh 
young drunks, old alcoholics. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a perfect song that com really comes across to your innate sense of melody and the band's ability to rock. I mean, tell me about that. Yeah, I, I love that one. It's, it's very different. It's kind of reminds me of the Dickies, you know. Remember the Dickies? Uh, the the dawn of the Dickies, they had the... Uh, uh, Manny Moe and Jack, they had uh, this song called Infidel Zombie on, their, on that album. Anyways, it's punky and uh, new wavy, but, but uh, the, the lyrics is, are about uh, how all the young bands are encouraged to party and get, get messed up. And before you know, they end up as, as drug addicts and alcoholics. And uh, then the industry loves a good train wreck until it becomes, <laughs> until it becomes a serious problem. And then suddenly <laughs> nobody finds it funny anymore and you're on your own. And uh, it's basically, the song is saying, you can't live like this forever. So get yeah. your shit together. Uh, so that's, but that's, the, that's the deal, that's the story. But in a, it's kind of tongue in cheek. I, I love that one too. And uh, it's not, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, people think, a lot of kids think that it's all about, you know, partying and stuff. And uh, especially in the eighties, the music became like secondary. If you ask almost any guitar player or rock rocker rock musician in the uh, 80s from the 80s bands or the, all these especially the hair metal bands like oh, so why did you start playing rock and roll for chicks dude she's <laughs> like oh for chicks all right well uh, lucky you could play a little on the side there you know <laughs> <laughs> that was me dude that was me when i was young i was just playing to meet the girls and be on stage so yeah it didn't yeah. work out that way obviously for the obvious reasons that you're saying it and i, I finished college yeah. and got the job so yeah but well, it's true it's been. very true and that's what that's what made me chuckle about it it was like oh my god this is so true yeah, it's about, you know, to me, it's always been about the music. Even with Hanoi Rocks, as, as hard as these guys, they drank anybody under the table and did anything they could get their hands on. We always took care of the gigs and the, the songs and music was always the most important thing. And then the records and, and performing and, and never screwed up a gig by being screwed up. Yeah. Uh, I, I always delivered. And uh, that was the main thing and most important thing, you know, being a musician first and foremost. And uh, then all the, all the side effects are, you know, that... On top of that, that's everybody's own choice. But uh, sure. yeah, I never enjoyed drinking, so uh, I just didn't enjoy it. So uh, I, no, I, I not to drink at all. But um, yeah, we did that at rehearsal. We would drink at rehearsal every <laughs> just yeah. beer, you know, just have some beers. We never did drugs, but we we did like beer on a Sunday or after after work, huh? we jam out in college. So yeah, I used to yeah. have long hair. not as long as yours, but I used to have long hair. <laughs> well, I had, okay. Well, I had my demons to chase too, and I. Well, I just came to the conclusion it's best to be straight, uh, to clear, and uh, when you're working, uh, it's best to be clear in, uh, in your head because uh, then uh, you always get the best result that way. I think. You know? I agree. I agree. You know, um, you talked about you had thirty albums, thirty songs written for this album. Um, how did you decide which ones would make the album and which ones would not, in in order to tell the entire story? Well, whatever fit me my my word and world and uh, i mean a lot of this, there was a lot of songs by rich rich had a rich actually had a solo album he was going to put out and then he decided then for uh certain reasons he did not so we had like 12 14 more songs there so that was like you know written by and and steve had some and uh i just looked at the whole entirety and i thought what felt right and and I started thinking it was actually a tough job with so many songs. We had 34 altogether and uh, to start choosing out of them, uh, it was, uh, took quite a few months to, uh, to come to the final decision. And uh, I, uh, I just made some lists and I listened to them in a row. And, uh, and I kept thinking, I'm talking to the guy, talking to, you know, Sammy Afa, Sammy, Sammy is in Finland too with me. So we, we, we did some shows uh, uh, 
where I played acoustic, somebody played the bass, I met this guitar player, Costello, played electric guitar during the pandemic, because uh, uh, when we were able to, we did some of those shows, and we used to drive to the gigs in Sammy's car, so I kept listening to him, and I, I value his opinion, too, and uh, and, and what do you think of this, and was this going to be in? In the end, I made, make the decision uh, decision based based on uh, based on what uh, what feels right to me, and of course the lyrics are important. And I uh, just thought what would be different for us also that we haven't done before. And in this, I was actually surprised how 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 much uh, we had how much variety on this record there is yeah. compared to the previous ones. That uh, in a best possible way, not like changing our style to something weird, but uh, having the same. Same basic basic uh, idea, but still uh, new new types of songs uh, sure. that uh, was really great and refreshing to have. And uh, so, uh, no, I agree. Um, I want to be respectful to your time. I have one last question. You haven't been to the United States in a while for a tour. When are you coming back? Uh, coming back uh, to the states. Uh, good question. I'd I'd love to come back for um, as as much as uh, would love to play there. We. A couple of years ago, we came to the conclusion it's so expensive to tour there and to play clubs, uh, you're not really getting anywhere. You could do that forever. And then it doesn't, I mean, would really need to be like a stadium tour opening up for somebody really big to get get across to more people there. It's such a big place. So uh, uh, right now, I'm sorry to say, uh, there's no plans to play in the States uh, as of yet. But uh, I mean, I'm open to it. I'd love to do it if it's if it's doable. Uh, but uh, I, I can be. I may be visiting there uh, in, for other reasons. Uh, we're, we're filming a documentary of my life, which is uh, we've been doing for a couple of years, and that's going to be. Uh, we probably travel to New York and LA for that too, to meet up with some people and, and interview. But uh, uh, I don't know when we're going to play there. Oh. The next Monsters Mar- 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 of Grog Cruise that we were it had to be canceled due to the COVID. Our, we had to reschedule, so we're probably coming the next next time that happens. Or in February next year, maybe I think. <laughs> but uh, for touring the states, it's a tough question. Uh, right now, we can't afford to. Yeah, but I hope I hope we'll be able to do that uh, before too long and in a good. Yeah, way. I, I've I've actually never seen you live. I've always liked all your music. I've talked to you, you know, countless times, and I've just, you know, never Great. seen you live. Well, there's something to look forward to. Uh, yes. uh, this live is my thing, really. <laughs> you do. You're you're an excellent front man, and you you handle the mic tremendously. You make it part of the act. It's great. And I would, you know, I'd love to see that on a bigger stage. Well, awesome. Thank you. I hope I hope that uh, that'll happen soon. Okay. Maybe you'll have to come to Europe. <laughs> my wife, my wife will come. Her bags are packed right now. She wants to go to Europe. So yeah, great. <laughs> Well, yeah, Michael, thank you. You look you look great, and I wish you the best with the new CD. So thank you so thank much you. for your time. Thank again. you so much. You look great, too. Great talking <laughs> to you. Thank uh, you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye now.